This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to a special bonus podcast on the No Ceilings NBA podcast feed. I am Maxwell Baumbach, and today I'm going to be joined by a special guest. He is uh, one of my favorite players in college basketball this past season. He is Jake Stevens. If you are unfamiliar with him, uh, get prepared to know him because he is one of the most interesting and exciting prospects uh, to keep an eye on going into this 2023 NBA draft cycle. Just finished up a graduate season at Chattanooga. Uh, Seven feet tall, seven foot 10 wingspan. Finished the year averaging 22 points, 9.8 rebounds, and 2.2 blocks per game. So very productive big man, but here's the kicker, folks. Over the last two seasons, he is a combined 45% from the three-point line on real heavy volume. Over five a game, both seasons. Uh, So a uh, rim-protecting, scoring, rebounding, outside threat. uh, One of the most just fascinating big men in this upcoming class. So I'm really excited to talk to Jake, and we're going to be back with him right after the break. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, we are back with Jake Stevens. Jake, you just finished up your final season at Chattanooga. Uh, how's everything going for you today? Dude, it's it's good. Uh, honestly, uh, the season didn't go as we planned. Obviously, got hurt, missed a couple games. But to be able to come back and make a run in the tournament is kind of all you can ask for. So ended on a great note, I guess. For sure, for sure. And yeah, you did battle through. It was, like a, it was a wrist or hand injury, right, that you had? Yeah. And, and I, how I are you doing now? Thumb. Yeah, I'm doing I'm doing good. So it's uh, I think I'm seven or eight, something like that. Eight weeks removed from when I had originally did it and uh, feeling good, feeling healthy as ever. So shots still going in. So that's what matters. (laughs) That's that's what matters. That's really important. So uh, before we kind of get into you, your journey and who you are, um, let's just start off broad strokes for people who have not seen you play basketball before. How would you describe your game? Uh, I mean, I, you hit it pretty well in the intro. Uh, <laughs> I think if I could take you on the road with me, that might be, might be <laughs> permanent intro guy. No, uh, uh, I would say I'm a, a seven foot big guy that likes to shoot threes and, and pass the ball. I mean, mm-hmm. um, I've been blessed to have uh, Coach Earl. He was my coach at VMI yeah. and then obviously went to Chattanooga. Uh, I'm sure we'll get into it all. But, uh, you know, he kind of told me from the beginning that we're going to put the ball in your hands and let you make plays. And. Uh, that's kind of what attracted me to his system from the beginning. So, you know, credit to him. 
for sure for sure so uh at the, at the very beginning i mean obviously being tall like i'm i'm not nearly as tall as you are but i'm six five and still just like growing up being the taller kid everyone's like you, you play basketball you play basketball so i'm course. assuming you had a lot of that going on but uh what kind of got you into this sport yeah i mean everywhere i go i can't go to the grocery store without getting that so <laughs> you know my parents say i should just carry around cards or a sign or something that just says yes i'm seven feet tall yes i play basketball so <laughs> um but getting into the sport, uh, I have two older brothers. Okay. Um, and, I, and when you have older brothers, obviously there's immediate competition there. So mm-hmm. uh, everything we did, we were competitive. Um, and then, you know, they started playing basketball. So naturally I have to play basketball with them, playing in the, in the uh, driveway, uh, playing at the rec center, doing anything uh, together. And uh, I mean, they started taking it more serious. So I started taking it more serious. So it was just kind of a snowball effect. Mm-hmm. And who were like some of the guys that you watched growing up that you liked watching? Were there any players that you were like, that's, that's my guy. Yeah, I was a, I was the Kevin Love fan in the group. Okay. I, you know, everybody's wearing the, uh, the LeBron jerseys, the <laughs> Kevin Durant jerseys or whatever. And I'm the kid with the, the Kevin Durant, <laughs> Minnesota, or, mm-hmm. uh, you know, when he went to Cleveland the first, like, you know, I was the Kevin Love fan. So I've always kind of uh, enjoyed watching you know, bigger guys play ball. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, he was kind of the the guy for me when I was growing up. For sure. Well, there are some similarities there. I mean, big guy, rebounder, passer. Like it's, yep. you can yep. you can see the influence. Um, so coming out of high school, so like you mentioned, you, you've you played for Dan Earl basically all, all five years of college, but uh, you started at VMI. Um, prior to that, like what was your game like in, in high school? Um, because you did grow and I, I don't know that that's something like a lot of people know about you. So you're kind of a late growth spurt guy as well. Um, but what was your game like in high school and then what was the recruiting process like and how did you end up at VMI? Yeah, I, so I've pretty much grown steadily my whole life. Like I've, I've been tall. Um, I was like six, three as a freshman in high school and just kind of have grown every year since really, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I mean, uh, coming out of high school, I was not very heavily recruited. I, uh, you know, had a Division two school here back home where my my middle brother goes. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had a, a little offer for me to play there, but other than that, uh, I didn't have much. I knew I wanted to play Division one basketball, and VMI is like two hours down the road from where I live. I didn't know mm-hmm. anything about the place; I didn't even know it was on the map. <laughs> um, so I went and visited, and yeah. I saw the place and. Uh, really just thought it would be a, a really good opportunity. And I wanted to do something different. You know, I have so many friends that are going to, to WVU or uh, Shepard. I, I, I wanted to do something different. So I was like, you know what, this is a full scholarship to a D1 school. It's something different. Like checked all the boxes. So kind of uh, lucked into that one. And then, yeah, obviously had a had a great career there. Super thankful for my time and, mm-hmm. um, you know, graduating and you got to move on. For sure. And Going to a school like VMI, um, with it being Virginia Military Academy uh, Institute, like, what are the differences at a school like VMI versus, like, you're mentioning, like, you had friends go to other schools, West Virginia, places like that. Like, what is the difference as far as like being a student athlete at a school like VMI versus like Chattanooga, where you finished up, or other colleges? Yeah, it's it's a different world, man, and you don't realize it while you're there. Um, and part of that's probably credit to you know the coaching staff because they really you know, make it feel like a high level program. But, you know, now being on the outside looking in, like we just had no time to rest, um, you know, eating and everything. It's just all different there. And, 
I mean, I'm not knocking it at all because I yeah, needed yeah. it at the time. And it, it certainly like, it teaches you a lot about yourself. And uh, I think it was probably the best thing for me, best thing I could have done. Um, but yeah, I mean, you have the first six months while you're there, it's called the rat line. Like, I mean, I could get into so many different things. Like you don't have your phone, you, mm-hmm. you know, have to walk a certain way. Like there's, it's just, it's a military school. It really yeah, is. Yeah. I mean, there's, you're playing basketball at, at a military school. I'm sure Naval Academy, Citadel, everybody would tell you the same thing. So mm-hmm. it was different, but it was 100%. I needed it. It really just helped me, you know, figure out who I was as a person, who I was as a man and, uh, you know, really just kind of help shape me down the road. For sure. For sure. And at VMI, um, you managed to immediately carve out playing time as a freshman. Um, but still, like, it's not easy to make that transition from, from high school ball to college ball. Uh, for you, what were the biggest adjustments going from one level to the next? Yeah, I uh, I don't know. Like, you know, everybody always talks about the speed of the game or whatever. And I mean, I think I heard Jokic say it once, like, I'm just, I was just so slow that like nothing was going to speed me up. Like, <laughs> like if I was going to be sped up, that was going to be good. Like, good <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, I mean, probably the, the physicality, like I was, um, I don't know, I guess I was definitely not as tall as I am mm-hmm. now. Uh, I was probably like six, nine, maybe six, 10 and just kind of pudgy, like still had some baby fat on, like, mm-hmm. I don't know. So I was still trying to, trying to figure out that whole thing, still maturing. Um, and just like, obviously at that time, I'm pretty much just a pick and pop guy. Like I don't re- remember too many times I got the ball in the post. Uh, it was definitely no drawn up plays for me in the post. So just, and in high school, that, that was kind of what I was. I didn't shoot as much in high school. I was definitely more of a give it to him on the block or offense rebound kind of guy. And in college that immediately changes to now you're the shooting big. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, definitely probably the physicality, um, of the bigs. And then just the fact that everybody was so much older than me, cause I was 18, 19 years old. And, uh, I mean, playing against guys who are 22, 23, essentially like I am now, it's, it's <laughs> mm-hmm. a whole different ball game for sure. For sure. So, um, just kind of monitoring like your college career over the years. I feel like there are two, um, I mean, there's, there's a bunch of sizable improvements that stand out. Um, but one of the biggest ones has been like your fitness level. Like you mentioned, um, coming into college, like you, you mentioned, like you had some baby fat on you. Um, and I feel like even compared to a year ago, you move a lot better on the floor than you did. Um, how do you feel about your growth as an athlete over the years? And what's that process been like? Cause in your case too, like we're still growing. It's kind of, kind of difficult. Like that just adds like an extra layer to the challenge yeah. of all of it. So what, what's that been like? And and what are some things that have kind of helped you along the way? Yeah. Um, well, so the first thing for me, my first two years, uh, obviously trying to figure out college, trying to figure out VMI. Um, and you know, it's different than everywhere else. Like we have a strength program, but we're not like, uh, it's not like I could just go in there at all all times throughout the day. Like, you know, the time I get with the strength coach was limited. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm I'm making do with what I can. And then come the end of my sophomore year, um, we get sent home for the for the pandemic. And yeah. then, yeah. Um, you know, me and my brother are just at home, and we're like, you know, two college basketball players. He's Division Two, I'm Division mm-hmm. One, and we're just like, hey, we got nothing else to do. Let's just lift six days a week and play ball. And just so we were just going at it really for. However long that was before mm-hmm. we went back in the summer, um, 
And that was like a, a big jump for me, um, really confidence wise, because I felt like I was like, I felt like I was more of the player I wanted to be. Like I could play more, I could move a little bit better. But yeah, then, I mean, like you said, uh, the interesting thing was last year at the end of the year, I feel like I'm playing really good ball, sprained my ankle pretty bad. And, uh, you know, that takes me out most of the summer. Um, and I'm like, man, this was like, you know, you're supposed to do test the water. You're supposed to go see what the NBA is like, see what the mm -hmm. feedback is. And I kind of missed out on all of that. And I really wasn't fully healthy, um, like running and jumping. I really wasn't cleared for all that until uh, like we get back in August. So, I mean, I really had Man. August, September yeah. and uh, October there of an off season. And I try to tell people like I, I was doing so much at that time and I think all the improvements you see this year have only come in you know the three month off season, whereas mm -hmm. now I have you know I have really I guess until uh, summer league I guess would be the next yeah. big step for, for Portsmouth. So I have you know a couple months here to really work on that stuff. So I don't know. It's been a, a steady growth, but I mean, it's obviously something I've been monitoring and and trying to get better at each step. For sure, for sure. And then the, the shooting. I mean, we've talked we've talked about the shooting quite a bit, but. It's it's a signature component of your game, and it's it's been an area of growth too. So, like as a freshman, you mentioned that that was kind of your your bread and butter. You were shooting a lot. Um, you actually took quite a bit more threes than twos as a as a freshman. Yeah. Um, but still, you got better at the outside shooting, and um, you went from thirty four point five percent on about three and a half a game to now this year five point two a game, forty point eight percent, forty nine percent last year, um, while also getting better inside too. I mean. 8.5 twos per game this year, 64% on twos. But yeah. um, I think, I think that part of the game is like just something kind of people expect from you in a way. Cause like you're, you're so big and physical. Yeah. Like, yeah of course he's going to like make 65% of his twos or whatever. <laughs> but, uh, but with the outside shooting um, yeah, I mean, it's just really been a clear area of development. Was there like a turning point for you or where you started to feel it click a little bit more, or is it just something where it's just been a nice kind of steady progression over time? Uh, you know, I, I would say it's definitely not been a steady progression over time. Like I, I would shoot all the shots. I would do all of that. But mm. uh, I mean, you see the first three years of my career, really my percentage started high, started decent as a freshman. Not, mm. I wouldn't say anything crazy. Would you say 35, 34%? Yeah, it was 34.5. Yeah. And, uh, and really declines the next two years. And I'm, mm -hmm. you know, I'm kind of like looking at myself, like, I know you can shoot the ball. Like I, I don't really, you know, but now it's been three years in the mid to low thirties. And, uh, you know, coach Earl brings me in at the, at our end of the end of the year uh, meeting uh, my junior year. And he's like, you know, great player, love everything you do. Um, but like for you to take this to the next step, like you're going to have to become a knockdown shooter. And I was just like, kind of hurt. Cause I was like, that's like the name of my game. That's what I do. Mm. Um, but obviously like, the numbers are saying like otherwise <laughs> um it's hard to argue numbers so yeah yeah that was just uh you know at that point i'm like all right well whatever i'm doing you know let's scrap it let's go back to the to the drawing board um, more reps more shots uh so i mean that was kind of the the biggest thing there and to see the jump as much as it did um was really just i mean just a lot of reps and just being in the gym i mean i, I wish there was a secret to tell you but there's really not just a ton of reps. Um, and so. was there anything in terms of like the mechanics or the form or like the shot preparation that you tweaked with? Cause I, when I wrote about you this past off season, that was like one of the biggest things that jumped out was that like 
you really are like an elite shooter for for any size but especially at seven feet tall um but what really struck me was just like how well you move into your shot how well you you know get your feet under you um the fact that you've got some bend in your knees when you're catching the ball your release is high all that was there anyone that you were like i'm going to try to to build my shot in sort of in the mold of this player or was it just sort of like a finding what worked for you sort of process yeah i would um you know it's funny because i used to think like man like i have a pretty solid looking shot and then you know you'd see action shots and it's like ooh, like (laughs) that does not look how it feels like Mm -hmm. you know my arms are you know my elbows are all out or whatever so there was definitely some some minor tweaks i mean i'm i'm firm believer in like you have the jump shot you have like it's just perfect what you have um, like tweaking things is, is kind of tough, but mm-hmm. I mean, I definitely looked at like, this is going to sound crazy, but like Kevin Durant has like yeah. a jump shot from like the left, left side of his face almost. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was kind of just like looking at how he goes up into a shot and stuff, obviously couldn't be further player from him, but, uh, as far as like his shooting form, it's mm-hmm. relatively similar. Um, and then like when you're shooting on like the shooting machines or the shootaways, uh, the big thing for me was like, just rep it quicker. Like you have a good shot. It's there. Let's just get it off quicker. I think mm-hmm. that really, really helped um, just kind of speeding things up and getting into your shot a little bit quicker. So, mm-hmm. and with speeding up the release, I feel like that's like one of the, like just speaking as an evaluator, that's always like a tricky thing where it's like, oh, this guy's got a good shot, but he takes a long time to get it off. But do you feel like it yeah. actually helped you shoot it more consistently to get through the motion quicker? Yeah, I do. I think, uh, it's almost and it's not even like you know okay every shot is not going to be like i'm not going to get a wide over shot in the corner and just like mm-hmm. fire really quick like <laughs> yeah yeah so it's it's more of just like hey like you get a lot of pick and pops so you know let's try when we're shooting on the shooting machine like let's try backing up and then as soon as the ball catches your hands let's be ready to fire it because i am you know getting pick and pops and i am yeah labeled as the pick and pop guy so they're full rotating or they're you know veer switching in the guys right there so you do have to get it off quicker mm-hmm. so that was kind of uh my thought process in, in it also yeah and that's that's interesting that you bring that up and like the switches and the rotations and the things like that because i think when like people from the outside are evaluating like where players going they just think like oh just like go to the gym and get shots up and like in your case it's a lot different because your role is not standing in the corner and catching and shooting it is setting a screen laying it in making sure your guard gets space then adjusting your footwork whether it's backpedaling or going to the side or shifting away from the defense or even like ghosting in some situations to to get that space from the defender um so are are those kind of things that you would incorporate or like having people come at you from different angles to like yeah focus getting off the shot in the face of a closeout yeah, definitely uh, like shooting over a closeout. Like we would have assistant coaches or, or GAs, whatever, just kind of, you know, either standing there or, or kind of running at you. And it's just, just give you a little bit of a feel of, of someone closing out to you. Um, I mean, the biggest thing is just, I felt like, you know, you can stand there and make a bunch of shots. And that's good too. Like that, mm-hmm. you know, every repetition is just, it's just better for you. But uh, I found that like, okay, I'm going to shoot 10 just standing here. Just get a good feel, and then I'm going to go uh, ten where I backpedal, ten where I'm stepping to the right, ten to the left, and then ten where I treat it like a trail three. Okay, um, and that's kind of mm-hmm. like you know just getting your feet moving because I really like. I wish I knew how many of mine were like just catch and shoot threes, but 
I mean, most of them, I would say, are off the move, some type of yeah. – someone sets you a flare, someone sets you, you know, obviously come off of ball screens. So there is, like, uh, definitely the aspect of getting your feet moving into a three, you know, getting used to that. Mm-hmm. That's that's really interesting. I appreciate you kind of going into some depth there. Um, another part of your game that I really like, and I think part of the reason that um, your offensive – profile is as interesting as it is is because you're also a really good passer um so i think that kind of adds a level of of intrigue to your game that you're not just like oh i'm i'm big and i shoot threes it's like well i can also orchestrate handoffs i can run offense through the top of the key i can find cutters like there's a lot there's a lot more to it than just the shooting uh that i think really makes you pop and makes you an effective player um you had mentioned that like in high school is more kind of a post-based game for you um what was that adjustment like just from like a playmaking standpoint from going to being a guy who's on the block and dealing with doubles and passing out of that versus now you're sort of operating from a different space on the court yeah i'll be honest i didn't i didn't know that i was like a a good passer like uh you know my brother's a point guard he's okay. always said he's he's like got great vision and mm-hmm. uh, you know he would find me on these things like that was his job not mine like mm-hmm. i would just catch it and finish catch and put it in whatever um so yeah i didn't i didn't really see that in my game which is you know even crazier for coach earl to to bring me in as a really a six nine big that's like yeah you know undersized not real athletic like this kid's gonna be the guy that passes and and does everything like that we run the offense through him so it really is crazy um but i think the the biggest thing for me with passing it just came down to like how can you affect the game without scoring um and especially my freshman year VMI, we had Bubba Parham, who I think he was either like first or second scoring in the league. Like there was no, I wasn't really being asked to score. I mean, shoot the ball when you're open, but uh, you know we're not coming to you for for gameplay. So uh, finding the right guy, just making the right read more often than not. Um, and coach kind of gets me gets on me sometimes. You know, it's not so much about the fancy pass; it's more about the, you know. The, finding the guy that's open and just making the right pass. So uh, it was something that's just kind of been and worked on. And then obviously the past two years, seeing more double teams, uh, just being a willing passer, really. Um, I even tell people in the, in this off season uh, or this preseason, we were, you know, doing some scrimmages against Kennesaw state and uh, EKU and they're double teaming me and, and send the different looks. And I was just being too aggressive almost like, Mm-hmm. Uh, I just had too many turnovers there and uh, coach is just like, Hey, like just you know, settle down. Just when they're coming at you, just like make the easy play. And it, it really is just like a slow down, know that they're coming and then mm-hmm. find the guy that's open. I, I mean, I don't know. It's uh, you know, people cutting to the basket, like we've done a good job of that. So I think uh, it's just something that's kind of just worked its way up over the years and kind of been uh, the perfect Princeton offense. is kind of like what we run. Mm-hmm. And what, so like, what is your thought process like during a game? Like when you're in a situation where like, say you get a screen, uh, you get hit on the pop, like what are, what are you looking for uh, on the floor and how does that influence the decision that you make? Yeah. So most of the time uh, if we're in a ball screen, we, we call them one, two, three ball screen. And it's obviously the number of guys you're driving into would be the number you would, it would be. So um, we like to do a lot of three ball screens or, or one ball screens where, uh, it's kind of like an open side for me uh, on the pick and pop, kind of putting the, the, the like help side defender in a 
in a tough situation where if he full rotates, you know, I got this guy that's, you know, the, the lone guy on the, the one side, he's cutting to the basket and, uh, uh, find him on, on the, on the burn, we call it. And then, uh, whereas if he stays, obviously you're, you're going to pick and, and shoot it. Yep. Um, I would say probably my, I want to say really my junior year team started doing like a veer switch mm-hmm. and Wofford kind of sticks out to me that they started, um, veer switching with like Ryan Larson and Storm Murphy. And, uh, you know, at that point, it's like you're picking and popping, but you still have a guard there. So it's not like you can shoot it. Dribbling against the guard is not as, you know, effective, obviously, because they're, you know, a little craftier, can steal it from you. So at that point, it's like late dive to the rim. And now you have a, a smaller guy on you. Junior year wasn't, uh, I mean, I could finish at the basket, but, uh, mm-hmm. you know, it wasn't really making people pay for that. Um, and then obviously, past two years, have been doing that a little better. So, I mean, there's just a whole bunch of, a whole bunch of different reads, but you're really, if you're looking at anything, you're looking at kind of the next guy in line, whether, whether he's helping in, in his offensive play in my office players cutting to the rim, or if, uh, you know, if he stays back, you can, you can tee off on him. Awesome. Awesome. Always, always love to get more into that kind of stuff. Cause I feel like a lot of times, in the draft space in particular, we don't really focus a lot on like the X's and O's element of it. It's just a lot of yeah. like, he shoots or like he rebounds. So yeah. it's it's fun to go through the thought process a little bit. Um, what a, are the things like as your college career is kind of coming to a close? Like what are some of your memories from playing college basketball? Like what are the things that you're going to be like, I'm, I'm going to tell like my grandkids and stuff about this someday? Yeah, uh, I don't know if you've seen the the video. Uh, I, I think it's the dudes from Wisconsin or something, and he's crying, and they're like, well, you know, what are you going to remember of college basketball? And he's mm-hmm. just like crying, and he's like <laughs> going out to eat or something. Yeah, going out to yeah. eat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, most people are probably looking at that like, this guy just played four or five years of college basketball, and he's talking about going out to eat. But it really is yeah. like the team meals, uh, you know, sitting with the guys afterwards just in the meeting room. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, hanging with the coaches and the coaches have a great relationship with them. Uh, you know, those are all the little things that that I'm going to remember. Um, obviously, the wins and losses are they are what they are. Like you can't change mm-hmm. them at this point. But um, you know, you're going to remember the big ones. I'm going to I'm going to always remember the run at Chattanooga coming back for the last. You know, we needed to make a four game run and and we mm-hmm. did it. And, you know, so that's something. You know, maybe. You know, I'm 60, 70 years old. I'm going to tell my kids that I, I probably won that championship, to be honest with you. I'll just, I'll make it up. I'll just lie <laughs> They won't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> know the difference. So. But no, really just, just hanging out with the guys and, and just having a good time because it really is a blast, man, and it, it does sure. go quick. For sure. And so let's let's talk about uh, kind of going forward. Um, so now uh, season's over. It's, you know, you're at No Slings NBA. We're big NBA draft people. It's It's draft season. Uh, that's kind of what's in front of you going forward. Uh, so the first question I'm going to ask is like kind of a slightly unfair question. Uh, but I've, but I've been a fan of yours from, for some time. Um, and it just seems like in the draft space, um, it's, it's kind of like hard for, for mid-major guys to gain traction and things like that. Why do you think people have slept on Jake Stevens? Like why, why do you feel like people have, have not kind of come around or like, why, why do you think that, um, like whether it's the mainstream boards or things like that, why do you feel like they haven't? Yeah, man, that's, that's a good question. Cause I, I do see like, you know, everybody puts out their draft board and mm-hmm. you know, I look on there. Like I 
try to see my name, you know, that'd be something cool to read. But yeah, I, I do get left off a lot. Um, and there's no right or wrong answer. I mean, nobody mm. really knows. Uh, I feel like I was working towards, uh, you know, putting together a really good season and kind of leaving my mark. Um, and I got injured last year. I think I was, you know, in a similar situation. Like I was in the running to be SOCOM player of the year and Malachi Smith, who won the SOCOM player of the year, ends up winning the Lou Henson award. Mm -hmm. Um, so like that was, you know, just kind of two untimely injuries. And, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, if both of those don't happen, I'm, I'm, you know, have way different accolades to my name, but Mm -hmm. obviously not meant to be. So I'm not upset at it at all, but, uh, no, I don't know. I think, I think people just, uh, look at the SOCON a little bit as, as not a, a huge, big power conference or even like a really good mid major conference. So I don't think, I think they discount the competition a little bit, but it really is like, we have some guys like obviously yeah. Jalen Lawson, Mike yeah. Bothwell, um, Logan Dye, like, like a ton of guys, BJ Mack, like a ton of really good bigs mm-hmm. this year, honestly. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I, I, I would like to say, uh, that's not the case, but yeah, I, mm-hmm. I definitely, you know, think I am a little bit slept on, but I mean, that's what these NBA workouts are for. And there's Absolutely. still plenty of time. Like if you go yeah. have a good workouts, have you know, get invited to Portsmouth and do well and, mm-hmm. you know, all kinds of stuff like that. So there's plenty of time, you know, these, these draft boards are just mock 100%. drafts. hundred percent. I agree with you completely. And I think something to keep in mind is like, I think anyone who's not in a high major rises after the year every year like last year i uh i mean completely different type of player but like vince williams played in the atlantic 10 last year and i did a feature on him in like march or april and like he was still like 91st on espn's board he ends up drafted on draft night like a lot of the mid-major guys i think they're just kind of out of sight out of mind to a degree and then Mm -hmm. i think once season's over they they go to workouts buzz builds up and vice versa i think people just have more time to dig back into the film and they they kind of stumble across guys and and you get that's how you get a lot of a lot of late risers and a lot of them come from mid-major programs like john conchar was another guy too where like yeah. his buzz kind of built up late um and that's the cool thing like with you guys with your podcast mm-hmm. and, and stuff like that like you're highlighting like i know you did the no stones unturned and yep mm-hmm. like so that's you know been a big thing for the mid-major guys is just having you know you guys is really an outlet is you guys are kind of speaking for us so we we really appreciate that because that's yeah that's I've always been passionate about it. I'm, I've always been, you know, obviously passionate about the draft. That's why, that's why I'm doing this whole thing. Yeah. But yeah, I think it's, I think it's not even about being first as much as it's about like, well, if this guy's good, like we, we got to talk about him. Like there's yeah. no sense in, in waiting till after the season to try and dig these guys up. Let's try and be proactive. And, and if there's talented players bring them to the forefront, because you know, I'm not going to, not going to name names, but like, there's a lot of guys that, that we stumble across. We'll, we'll find a guy, the statistical profile will be interesting or someone will, you know, ask us, Hey, if you looked at this guy and we look at the film and a lot, a lot of times it's not good. Like there's a lot yeah. of guys that, that we look at and we kick the tires and it's like, well, all right, maybe, maybe a couple years down the road, or, you know, maybe this has to break right for them. But when we see players that are, you know, at smaller schools or, or bigger schools that just aren't getting looked at a lot, but have the talent, you know, we, we try to bring them to the forefront. Yeah. Um, appreciate it for sure with the uh with the draft looming what do the next couple months look like for somebody who's in your shoes uh you know season's over you're just kind of getting geared up uh it's kind of an odd time like not not a lot of certainty uh so yeah. what what's kind of like on your agenda what is your plan and schedule look like going forward yeah you said it no uh a lot of uncertainty right now um you know for the past 
five years, um, obviously high school, you kind of have things figured out, but for the past five years, especially like, you know, okay, I'm gearing up for next season. Like, here's the things I want to work on. Um, and at this point it's, uh, you know, it's our spring break, but I, I'm in some online classes. So they're you know easier to do from, from anywhere. So that's the good thing. I can, you know, do workouts wherever or whatever, you know, whatever I need to do. Um, so I'm home right now. I'm in West Virginia. Um, basically just working out here for a week, trying to figure out the agent world, uh, navigating that. And then, uh, you know, I head back to Chattanooga this weekend and, you know, continue working out, trying to find uh, the right agent, figuring all that out. It's a crazy space as I'm figuring yeah. out. It's, yeah. it's, it's just like, uh, it's just like anything else trying to pick a college at the transfer mm -hmm. portal. Like it's, uh, you know, a big decision. So trying to figure that out. And then, uh, you know, you know, get invited to Portsmouth, hopefully, you know, go to all the different things that you can go to the combines, all the good stuff. And then, you know, I think all the roads kind of lead to to the summer league. So hoping to get sure. on the team there. And like I said, you know, we'll, you know, if you show out and you do well, then you can, you can earn yourself a, a spot somewhere. So that's mm -hmm. kind of the, the rough layout I have, but I think all roads are pointing to the, to the summer league. Awesome. Awesome. I'm glad to hear that. And what is your sort of primary focus as far as your game goes uh, heading into this process? Like, is there something where like, man, I really want to show that I'm getting better at this or that? Yeah. I mean, I think the obvious thing is the athleticism. Like I want to be mm -hmm. um, as bouncy, as quick twitch as I can possibly be. Like I'm not promising, you know, four, four, 40 or anything here, but <laughs> you know, I feel like I can show some signs of improvement. Um, mm -hmm. And, uh, and then I think the biggest thing is just you know, for anybody that's listening, I would say is just going into these things in the best shape possible. Like I, mm -hmm. I don't want to be the guy that they look at and say, okay, well, he hasn't done much since his season ended back in March or you know, whatever. So I'm just trying to stay in the best shape I can play five on five every day. And then, uh, you know, I think the rest will take care of itself. Mm -hmm. And with like the, with like the fitness in, in the athleticism and things like that, I think where, like there may be some hangups or concerns or things like that as far as is, is probably going to be more so on the defensive side of things. Um, you do a really good job as a shot blocker and like you, you play really strong through your chest. Like you do a great job of, of staying vertical, not fouling around the basket and things like that, which is something that, um, you know, profiling a lot of big young, big men, like that's a, a flaw that we see all the time. Like is, is guys that um, tend to foul around the basket and things yeah. like that. So you are coming in, well, from a strength standpoint, it's more like the agility and mobility that people might have hangups about. How do you feel as far as like your comfort with different defensive schemes and things like that? Like, do you feel like at this point you're more of just like a drop big? Do you think you can like show at the level? How do you kind yeah. of feel as far as your your ability to play in, in different defensive schemes? Yeah, I I actually feel um, pretty confident even when I so I went when I went down with my hand injury, uh, you know. I, I feel like when you go down with an injury, you can kind of go one of two ways. Like, okay, let me just chill out and just, you know, rest and not do much, which is mm -hmm. you know, the right for some people. But for me, mm -hmm. it's like, how can I come back from this even better? So I could go to get to the strength coach and I'm like, look, I can still jump. I can still run. Let's do the speed. Let's start all that now. So mm -hmm. I really feel like I have, you know, an eight week head start. Um, nice. On yeah. What I could have done. Um, so even when I came back from the injury, like I was, I felt like I was moving my feet better. I felt like, um, you know, leaping, 
you know, is, is getting better. And um, so I really do feel comfortable. Uh, you know, we, we, mm-hmm. we even got a couple switches and I'm like, I yeah. feel comfortable guarding this guy. Like mm-hmm. I'll tell the guards like, Hey, if he gets in the paint, like I got him, like, don't worry about it. Um, so yeah, I, I do feel comfortable in different schemes. And I think a lot of the hesitation with me is uh, obviously, you know, drop coverage or, or different ball screen coverage. But I, I'm also looking at that as, okay, like, there's a give and take. Like I was playing 38 minutes. I couldn't foul. That's true. Uh, yeah. You know, you're, you're asked to be in run like a, most of the time we're running like a, a matchup zone defense. So like communicating mm-hmm. everything out. So I think at the next level, if I'm able to, you know, obviously I want to play 38, 40 yeah, minutes. Yeah. And if that's what you're asked to do, then that's what you're asked to do. <laughs> um, but I just feel like my role will be different where, for okay, sure. he's in here for five, 10 minutes at a time. Um, and I think I'll be even more capable of, of kind of showing that. So I feel comfortable with it now, and that's with having to play every single minute of the game, basically. Mm-hmm. For sure, and I think I think that's also to a degree where like the fact that you have a seven ten wingspan comes into play. The fact that you are yeah, a guy yeah, with that, that gigantic helps. long arms and things like that is that like I, I don't think you're like there are some guys who like I, I like I use the phrase like tell on themselves with their feet. Where like they play just like way too far off of a guy where it's like please don't make me guard space. Like I like you're definitely not one of those guys. Yeah. Um, but just having that extra length does make a huge difference when you're talking about switching and being able to keep guys in front of you and things like that. It's like the longer you can make yourself, it, it makes a difference, especially. Yeah, and, and really just, I mean, figuring out like the more time, the more practice you have with it. Cause I mean, we were just a drop coverage team. Like that was just kind of our main ball screen defense mm-hmm. is what, um, what I've always kind of done. So, and obviously I needed to do it more as a freshman. Like I, I would, and that's kind of just the habit I've built is just, being a drop coverage guy. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think obviously the more I work on it, the more like opportunities I'm given to, to do something different. Like I'll, I'll learn and figure that out as well. So for sure, for sure. Um, let's see. Yeah. So uh, just so the last question I want to ask you, this is sort of a, a way down the road question, but whenever the day comes where you are no longer playing basketball anymore, what's, what's the thing you want to do? Do you have anything where you're like, I want to do this, or are you like, I want to be a basketball lifer. I want to coach. I want to do this and that. Like what's, what's next whenever that day finally arrives, man. I, like I tell people all the time, like I can't imagine my life without basketball. Yeah. Um, so whether it, I mean, like I could, I could talk to people about basketball. I could coach basketball. Like mm-hmm. I really just don't think it'll ever leave my life. So probably some type of coaching management, I don't know, somewhere in there. Um, but I'm also like a big fan of just talking all things sports. Like I have a podcast. Like I enjoy. Yeah. I'm a podcast. Plug your, podca- plug your podcast, podcast. Plug your podcast, by bro. the way. Let people know where they can find it. Uh, yeah, it's it's called Catching Fire. You can find it on on all platforms. And uh, I really just kind of spend time interviewing different you know college athletes. And I I have a brother, and we just we talk sports, man. It's just mm-hmm. I love sports. It's what I do. So I really can't just imagine a time in my life where I'm not doing something with basketball in some mm-hmm. form. So, uh, you know, the ball will definitely stop bouncing, but I think um, I'm always going to be attached to the game somehow. For sure. For sure, man. Well, we we really appreciate you taking the time to come on here. Um, this is awesome. I appreciate you guys. For sure. Uh, so let's let's plug your socials. Where where can people find you? Yeah, like I said, uh, you know, Catching Fire podcast on, on all platforms. And then my Instagram and, and Twitter are all Jake Stevens zero. So go hit me up and, uh, you know, 
Come on the podcast sometime. You never know. <laughs> for sure. For sure. Give Jake a follow, subscribe to his podcast and keep him in mind throughout this draft process. He's a guy that um, a lot of our crew over at no ceilings is, is really come to enjoy. Um, so we're hoping to see it at some of these combine events and, and see where things take you, but uh, best luck with all that. We appreciate you coming on the show. Thank you. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us. Make sure you are subscribed to No Ceilings NBA on this podcast feed. Subscribe to our Substack as well so you can get all of our written work as well. I'm Maxwell Baumbach. Thanks for joining us.